David W. Palmer. Acts 14:22 NKJV, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. As we all know, some of Jesus's instructions in God's written word are quite challenging to our natural man and flesh. Directives like, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, submit to your husband or leaders, can be quite a test of our will. When we first read them, it feels like he is commanding us to obey him by human resolve and self-controlling choices. However, instead of seeing them as a straight-out challenge to our willpower, we need to see his words as seeds. We need to accept, or conceive, these seeds willingly into our hearts, valuing, desiring, and loving them, accepting that they are God's will for us. We need to acknowledge that they are right, and that they are what he wants us to do and to be like. Yet, we also need to realize that they are more like a picture of a finished product, than a cold command to self-willed obedience. If we love Him, we will unquestioningly accept His Word, value it, and want to do it, even though we know we cannot fulfill it alone, independently of God. We do need, however, to agree fully with Him that it is the right way to behave, and yearn to do it. Then we throw ourselves entirely on His goodness and grace to enable us to achieve it. We should adopt Jesus's attitude, not my will, but yours be done. If we love Him, we should be eager to please Him, eager to find out what He wants, and desire it with all of our hearts. Next, we need to meditate on that word, growing it, gestating it, and nurturing it, until we can see it with our mind's eye and our inner man. During this part of the process, Jesus warns us that many enemies arise to stop the word producing, demons, afflictions, persecutions, cares, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering and try to steal, burn, or choke the word, see, Matt. 13, Mark 4, Luke 8. Their objective is to stop it producing before it can mature at a harvest. We need to be aware of this, and put such a high value on God's Word that we refuse to allow anything to break our focus from bringing it to harvest through our hearts. Once we can see ourselves obeying the Word, then we have found the grace to help us fulfill it. Again, I must emphasize, as does Jesus, that the measure this will work for you is dependent on how much you value God's Word and on how much focus and effort you put into meditating on it, etc. We cannot use our willpower to simply and directly increase our faith, but we can use it to choose to do what God instructs us to do with His Word, love it, value it, meditate on it, believe it, etc. If we do, faith will come, grow, mature, and produce. Let's not be like the person who acquires a new car, but doesn't know how to access the potential power of its engine, he wears himself out pushing it around. Instead, he should simply use his little strength to turn the key, move the transmission selector, and press the accelerator pedal. The driver's natural strength, representing our willpower, can't directly move the car, trailer, family, etc., but it can easily operate the key, the pedals, and the steering wheel. For us, it is simply a matter of learning what to use our willpower for and what not to use it for. God designed us to use the little, volitional, strength we have to choose to love His Word, meditate in it, and confess it, etc. Then, like the powerful engine of a new car, the holy power He gave us in the new birth, the inbuilt power source of the Holy Spirit, will take over and empower our entire Christian life. However, like Jesus's disciples, at times we want to reflect back to Him the responsibility He gave us, the onus for growing our faith. The following passage records this so we can learn from Jesus's wisdom. It is the Apostle's response to his instruction to forgive a verbally repentant person up to seven times a day. Luke 17 5-6 AFV, 
Then the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. 6. But the Lord said, If you had faith as a tiny mustard seed, you might say to this sycamine tree, Be rooted up, and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Here we see Jesus confirming that it is his responsibility to give us faith in seed form, but that it is our responsibility to grow it to harvest by treating it like a seed. God is keen for us to live by faith, Hebrews 10:38 KJV, and have grace, Hebrews 12:28 KJV, so we can walk in holiness and the works he has prepared for us, Ephesians 2:10. Hebrews 10:38 DKJV, now the just will live by faith, but if any man draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Hebrews 12:28-29 DKJV, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. 29. For our God is a consuming fire. Because of this need to live by faith and have grace, the Holy Spirit gives the following stern warning. It underlines Jesus's teaching on kingdom seed, in Mark 4. Hebrews 2 1-4 DKJV, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. 2. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and if every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by those who heard him? 4. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with different kinds of miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will? He says to give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. The Greek word translated heed here is different from the one we studied previously, but it has a similar meaning, turn the mind to, attend to, and be attentive. We note again that he says earnestly to turn our mind to, and to attend to, what we have heard, that is, God's word. This is God's antidote for the temptation of falling back to sin, it is his remedy for unholiness, and his key for releasing his holy power to operate through us. God wants us to succeed in life, he wants us to live holy, fruitful lives in his kingdom. Yet he doesn't want us to achieve this through sweaty self-effort. God knows the only way for us to accomplish this is through his grace. We find his grace at his throne in loving, surrendered intimacy, and it is received by faith. That's why God has given us a measure of faith in seed form. Father now expects us to demonstrate our love for his holiness by desiring and valuing his word. He wants us to conceive it in our hearts, and gestate it through love, desire, and nurture, meditating in it until we see it. That is, until we see ourselves with it, as it, doing it, or receiving it, whatever the case may be. The Holy Spirit also warns us of the dire consequences of not taking this process seriously. Hebrews 10 28-29 BSB How much more severely do you think one deserves to be punished who has trampled on the Son of God, profaned the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and insulted the Spirit of grace? Hebrews 12 25 8 Beware therefore, lest you refuse him who speaks with you, for if those were not saved who refused him who spoke with them on earth, how much less are we if we shall refuse him who speaks with us from heaven?